Welcome to our podcast, The Third Option. In a binary world that's caught up in right versus wrong, left versus right, and good versus evil, we see the love of God as a third option. I'm Rick Manis. And I'm Judy Manis. Join us here every week for conversations about the magnificent love of God that we believe can and will change this world. Enjoy! Welcome to the podcast. I am here with Rick, and today we are going to hear Rick's story. We thought it might be good to have a podcast uh, about him and his story of of, um, discovering God's goodness and God's love and God's grace. And so we're going to let him start out, really start out from the beginning, where when you were uh, a child. Well... When we're talking about God's love like this, it it it, it all it all starts there. Um, so many of us, um, uh, you know, we're looking for we're looking for love. And my story was I, I grew up not I, I I grew up feeling unlovable. Um, I, um, I I I didn't feel I, I you know when I look back I don't feel I. For whatever reason, I didn't feel the love of my my parents, and I know they they tried, and I really believe they were sincere. And it's not that they were horrible all the time, but I just there were a lot of so many things that I didn't didn't I, I felt unlovable. I felt like I just messed up all the time. It, it just I, I, you know most of my memories were about being uh, called out on things that I had done wrong. I felt like I, I just felt like I was a I was a problem. Uh, to my parents and 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 I, and I loved my parents, especially my dad. I mean, he was my hero, and I just felt like and I couldn't. I, I just um, the way he was. He was a good man, but he just uh, he he you know he believed that in those days that you showed your love by putting bread on the table. You know? Yeah. And uh, um, but they didn't. You weren't a church going family. We did not. Say. We were not a church going yeah. family. I think as a family, I remember as a family maybe going. Uh, I don't know, maybe twice or. It's probably on an Easter, you know, mm-hmm. each time. Um, it would just be like probably one of, maybe my mom would be in the mood, and, you know, because she, she believed in God. She, she, I think she had a Baptist upbringing. Um, but, no, we were not a church family at all. Did you have a concept of God at all? Did oh, yeah. you think about God as a Oh, yeah. I thought child? mostly mostly wrong. <laughs> I remember, you know, uh, I tell a story of, of when I was uh, five years old. I remember j- jumping off of a chair, jumping over an ottoman and uh, and biting my lip or biting my tongue. And I'm going, I go crying to my mom and, and uh, told her what I did. And she, she had been watching the whole thing. She said, that's because you were doing something you weren't supposed to, so God punished you. And that's, that's what you get, <laughs> you know. And so I... See, see how I remember that so vividly? I was a five-year-old, and I remember that all these years later because that was a concept that was embedded in me about God. He was a punishing God. He was vengeful. He was easily angered. He was, you know, so many, so, so many things that I do not think at all about him now. So so you can, uh, you know, understand here's this, this child growing up feeling not only unloved but unlovable, Unlo- unlovable. When you don't feel like you, if your parents can love you, then then uh, who's going to? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, and then and my home actually was very dysfunctional, and and a divorce happened when I was a, a, a young child. I was 
I was I think I was twelve, whatever. But I grew up seeing a lot of things between the parents. There was there were fights and there was there was some violent thing. Not like he he didn't beat my my mom or anything, but there was like ashtrays thrown and stuff. Like, you know, she it, there was just stuff. It was violent that kind of violence in the home, or it felt violent to me. And um, there was I mean there was adultery that had gone on, and I was totally aware of it. And and it was just it was it was just very, very broken and dysfunctional. And um, so after the divorce, um, I've, I liked my dad more and, uh, and all of his kids, I think we did. And so um, we lived with him after the divorce. Didn't your parents sit you down and let you pick? Yeah, they actually, they sat us at the table and they told us that they're splitting up and uh, mom was going to move away and, and move to another state where her most of her family was from. and, and uh, and where do you want to go? And uh, we all said, Dad. We wanted to live with with with, with Dad. He was, he was my hero. That's who I wanted to be with. And uh, so um, he tried to take care of us, you know, for for a year or two, you know, after that, I guess a year. And uh, he met someone else and and got married. And I was excited again because I thought I back then I, there were shows like the Brady Bunch and all that. And I thought, well, good. Now we'll have a a family that maybe is much more functional. Uh, she had a couple of boys, and we seemed to get a, get along real fine. But once we got together, and, and Dad bought a, a you know they bought a bigger house and and more bedrooms, and we became the Brady Bunch, <laughs> uh, or so we thought. But it turned out it wasn't that way. There were fighting. There was jealousies that were going on. The kids we didn't get along. It was putting strain on 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 Dad's new marriage, and so finally they made the choice <clears throat> to ship us off. That they would keep keep the children from from her life in the home but they would send us to go live with uh, my mother and she was going through so many emotional issues and problems and she was drinking and it was just she was not honestly was not in great shape to 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 be raising us and um, I was so heartbroken because I felt the rejection of this dad that I loved and wanted his love and he didn't it felt like he didn't want to give me any and it broke my heart it broke my heart and I felt uh, my my bubble I, you know I, even though I, I grew up feeling unlovable in a lot of time a lot of ways I still had a sense of security with with my parents especially my dad and that was gone and I felt like by the time I was 13, I felt like I was, it was all on me, that everything depended on, on me. And I had to, I was just going to kind of raise myself from this on. I became very hard and rebellious. My mom could not handle me. She could not tell me what to do. I would just, if I didn't want to do what she told me, I would just leave the house and be gone for some days. I mean, that's how I, how, how, how I was. I was. Uh, I checked out. I, I started using a lot of uh, drugs and alcohol. In fact, that became the main thing I wanted to do. I didn't like life. I didn't like being sober. Um, so anything I could get my hands on, and basically that was my job. You know, from the time I I woke up and you know through the rest of the day, I was it was all about getting my hands on things that would get me high. And it wasn't just one thing. It was pot. It was pills. It was psychedelics. It was alcohol. It was anything shooting things in my veins. It was anything uh, like that. And it was very self-destructive. I realized later on that there was a, a, I was not worthy of life or, or love. 
And so I, I, I didn't care. And, and so I had sort of just checked out of, 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 of life in that way. And, that's, and you, you that checked out of doing. school. Like you really were not even no, really I, in going fact, to school. Yeah, no, I would, no. Uh, for a while, when I would still go, I, would, I didn't care. I felt like sleeping. I just went to sleep. If I, I if I didn't want to do the work, I didn't. You know, I just didn't care care much. And, and you had a counselor, right, who said to you, "You have so much potential. Like you could do this with oh. your life because you 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 were smart, but you just, just didn't care. Didn't have the desire. To didn't have any desire of of life. All my my desire was, I just wanted to get high, yeah. and." And I, I mean, you know, I, I could take tests, so my grades would survive that way. Achievement tests and, and uh, capability tests and things like that, I always scored very high on. That's why she called me and she said, look at these scores. She said, you can be anything you want to be. What do you want to be? And I don't know if I told her this, but my thought was probably, I want to be high right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, so um, that was that. That was my life. I was I was in and out of jail lots and lots more times than I can even count. I think I was in and out of jail uh, so many times. Um, um, could have went to prison, but somehow escaped that. But I was in and out of county jails and things, and and um, and just you know you're used to that that lifestyle. And lots of people have have testimonies where they've had that a similar lifestyle. What I want to point out though was that I. I realize that I felt unlovable, so I did. I, I just I didn't care. Nobody else did. Nobody else did. And I, I felt unlovable, and I didn't love myself at all. Mm -hmm. And um, at the age of twenty-one, um, it just it got so ugly and so gross and so it was just and so slimy <laughs> um, that I had heard enough people preach at me. That I did believe the gospel. I just I did believe that God was the way, that I needed to be right with God ultimately, um, and I was done. I, I'd done enough drugs, <laughs> you know, um, and I um, tried to quit on my own a lot of time, but just never found the strength to do that. And I went to church one day. A friend of mine invited me to church. A friend who I used to do all the all the the, the stuff with um, had recently come to the Lord. He'd gotten saved, and so I got it in my mind he would invite me to church once in a while, and I would turn him down. But finally, I just said, "The next time Bill asks me to church, I'm going." And I didn't I didn't I, I, I wasn't I didn't care to become a church person or anything like that. I just I had been to church enough times to know that that kind of church that they would probably make an altar call. I was there for the altar call. That was it. And I didn't know. I don't remember what was preached that day. I don't know what they sang, but I I know at the end when the preacher said, "Who wants to you know come and give their life to the Lord or whatever?" That's what I was there for, <laughs> and so I did. And and something happened to me. And I I'm gonna, I'll tell you, my you know everybody's got a different story, but my story was that day I received grace and I knew it. Yay. I mean, after I. I don't know what the what I said in the prayer, but whatever it was, I meant it. And I turned around and looked at the congregation. It was a very small church out in the country, but there was somebody there that I once hated, and they hated me. 
And when I, and I turned around and looked in this person's eyes and we were both had tears in our eyes and we just, we just moved up and just grabbed each other and hugged each other because for the first time I felt love in my heart and I felt loved. I knew, I knew that I was forgiven for sure because I believed that. That was part of the preaching that the gospel that I would hear from people. I knew that I felt forgiven and I felt like God loved me. And I went for a time in the, in the glow of that love. I remember telling Christians, why didn't people tell me before? I mean, people told me that if I turned to God, I wouldn't go to hell. You know, they told me things like that. I thought, why didn't they tell me that I would feel the love that I felt? I felt God's grace. Wow. But that only lasted for, you know, a few weeks or months at the most, because pretty soon, by the things that I'm hearing and gathering, I'm, I'm becoming legalistic. I'm, I'm learning the rules. And pretty soon, I'm trying to complete all the rules. And this is what happens to so many of us, isn't it? So many of us have a story of us getting into Christianity and following the legalistic route. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I started doing that. And, and you know, before long, I'm getting more self-righteous because I don't have the habits that I had before. And I'm gaining an understanding of the Bible, and I'm gaining an understanding of what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> and now I'm able to tell other people what's right and what's wrong, and I'm becoming more self-righteous. I'm becoming more judgmental uh, on people, and I'm starting to think that I am good, that this is that 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 God's loving me because I'm good, and I forgot my first love, that He loved me when I felt unlovable. And now I'm starting to think that I get love and favor and blessing because I do all these things that the Bible is is listing. Like you're you're going to church, you're reading your Bible, you're you're getting. Mentored. I don't smoke, drink, or yeah. cuss much yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm surely I'm getting I've got points for that. And you're you're getting married, or you've been you're married now, right? You, yeah. you married your first wife, Teresa. Yep. Um, actually, before you got saved, right? Um, no, actually, we were preparing. We are planning on getting married. Uh, anyway, we were, you know, okay. running around together in the in that in that that lifestyle. She wasn't like I was. I mean, she would she would dabble in the, in in the in the in the drugs and not the drugs. She would she would drink beer basically yeah, <laughs> with me yeah. with the rest of us. Um, but she was a good girl in a lot of sense. But she didn't know God, and she was you know yeah. she was lost in so many ways too. But we were we were planning on getting married, and then I, uh, just just a few months before that, I get saved. Wow. Yeah, and so we continued um, on our walk together, and then we got married. Mm-hmm. And she didn't actually get saved till after we got married. She mm-hmm. liked what had happened to me, but she just didn't think she could go with that. Um, so uh, that's how it was, and so. So I was going strong in this. I was going full blast in this. I liked that. Even though I say it was legalistic, it was still better than what I'd had before. At least my personal life was going better. You know, yeah. I could hold a job now. I could, you know, I could, I could get a weekly paycheck. And I've got this young family now. And I could, you know, pay the bills and put a roof over our head. So I'm certainly a much better person now than I used to be, right? And that's yeah. the, way, the way I it's thought. It's so funny how the human ego grows like yeah. it's so funny how you begin to start like you said 
I think I'm good. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a good person. And so it became there again. See how it went back to being about me on your shoulders. But at the beginning, on day one, it was about the love of God. How much yeah. God loved me yeah. was what I was impressed with. Yep. Now I'm starting to be impressed with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the trap of legalism that looks so right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks so right, but the end of it is still death, because mm-hmm. that ultimately was going to lead me to a dead end. Yeah. And that's what it does lead to. Mm-hmm. And even if people right now, even somebody listening, if they're on that path and they think that the, they think that that I'm that 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 um, legalism or or trying to attain to some godly standard of morality is the path to follow, if they haven't hit the dead end yet, they they will, they will. It just it, it just happens. Inevitable. Yeah. Um, so. But I was going full speed ahead with this, and I was so devoted, very devoted, um, and I knew I was called to the ministry very quickly, probably you know, after a year of, of giving my heart to the Lord, I could tell. How could you tell? And that's a good question. It's kind of like, how do you know you're in love? You just know. Yeah. You know, you just, I don't know if there's any other sign to it. You yeah. just know. <laughs> And I just, yeah, I just know. And it, when it didn't go away, it just kept getting stronger. You're thinking about it all the time. It just becomes inevitable. You just know that that's, that's where you're going to go. That's yeah. the path. So, so, so um, after uh, a couple of years, I, uh, I had, uh, I had been exposed to the, I was uh, to the Word of Faith movement, and I was attending a church uh, where the the pastor taught that. I I, I went there because. So I had started reading books. I, books had gotten in my hands um, about faith, and and I and I, and I loved that. And so um, I went to uh, a Bible college. Went to Rama Bible Training Center in in, in Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and uh, uh, started training for the ministry. And I'm, so I, my life is just going going forward. After that, I became an associate pastor in a church. And so you know, Rick Manis is making something out of himself. You know, and and, and I say that, but understand, I still did have a very strong devotion to God. Yeah. I wanted to please God. I wanted to do right. I wanted to be an example. I, I wanted what looks like all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it started making some people wish they could be more like me. I, I, I would hear people say that. Well, you know, that made me feel pretty good. <laughs> but anyway... Um, so I was an associate pastor for a number of years, and then I, I, I returned to Florida where I grew up, and I um, uh, started a church. And, and so I became the pastor of this church that I had started, and I was building it, and it was growing. And, and uh, um, You started with nothing. Like, nobody knew nothing. you. Nobody... <laughs> Tell that part. Oh, yeah. I was gutsy. I mean, I went down. I, based on the call, I believe God wanted me to do that and called. And, but nobody knew me down there. And uh, so I, you know, I, I rented a storefront and um, nobody nobody came for the first four services. Zero. And I preached because I'd, I'd prepare a sermon because right. I'm thinking somebody's going to come. And I show up with my sermon and nobody's there. And Teresa's got the little, the girls were very little back then. And, and so she would, I'd tell her, just take her behind this, behind that wall and teach them, you know, like a Sunday school thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in that room by myself, the main little part of the storefront. And I would just preach to the, to the, to the wall. 
and I would preach and I would probably holler and sweat and jump and shout. You know, who knew? I don't, but I'm sure I did actually. Uh, but I had this sermon and I was inspired and I would preach. I preached four sermons to absolutely zero people. Or, no, excuse me. It was the first three services. Nobody came. The fourth services, fourth service, two ladies showed up. Two older ladies uh, showed up, and I was excited. Yeah. And so, anyway, that's where it went. So there I was. I'm full of. I mean, I, I was full of faith. I had lots and lots of faith that God was going to bless this and it was going to work. And so the church uh, would grow, and and my ministry was developing, and. And uh, back in those days, see a part of the the, the legalism or mixture. It's not that not that we we're not a hundred percent. Most of us are not a hundred percent legalistic. We believe in grace because the Bible talks a lot about it. It was more of a mixture. Yeah. Sometimes I'd preach more of a grace type of message. Sometimes then I'd next week I'd bring what I called the balance, and I'd bring bring the hammer down and <laughs> and uh, um, and and be very legalistic in the message. And, um, but and I, I tried to. Um, I would try to inspire perfection. Like, if you'll do what I do, you'll be as good as me. Or you'll, I, I wouldn't use those words, but I'd say, it'd be like, you'll be blessed too. This is how you be blessed and do this. And this is what I do and, and all that. And I'm trying to project some kind of perfection, hoping that that would inspire perfection in other people. See how much confidence we have in our flesh. <laughs> and That's it so looks sad. so, so good. But, but, Doing that and living that way, and I pursued because uh, I want to make a point that I I was devoted to God. I wasn't doing this just for me, or wasn't trying, didn't want to anyway. Uh, I guess I was when I look back. A lot of it was for me, but I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I really just wanted to do. I wanted to be pleasing to God, and um, but it wore me out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you 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 hit a wall because after a while, I had done every idea that anybody ever came up with any book I could get a hold of any conference I've been to I would take in I was taking in all these ideas of how how to how to get better how to get personally better how to make your ministry better bigger stronger whatever and I'm doing all of these things for years and years and years and I'm never being satisfied there were there was some progress in these areas, and that's what's kind of tricky about it, because there's just you'll see just enough results to make you think if I keep doing this, I'll get more. Yeah, it's very tricky. I call it the carrot on a string because you're just almost <laughs> there, and um, but finally I I ran out of strength, and I just said, God, I I quit. I can't. I don't, I'm out of ideas. There's nothing else left for me to do. There's nothing else left for me to give. I've done all I can come up with. And I said, I quit. I wasn't quitting God, but I was quitting trying. Whatever that meant. And it's like I heard God say, good, are you done now? And that's when the revelation I talk about so much, the turning point. It, my whole life did not change that day, but it began, something began that day because that's when I, the first time I knew in my spirit that God's grace was sufficient, that he did not need me to be strong. He wanted to be my strength. He did not need me even to try hard to love him more. He just wanted me to know that he loved me. I found out later that it caused me to fall in love in such a way that I didn't have to try to love him more. You can't help it. You just love him because he loved the one who was unlovable or thought he was. 
And, and for the first time in my life, even though I had preached and pastored for many years, the first time in my life I tasted the fact that Rick Manus was lovable. Somebody could love him and it turned out to be God yeah. himself who knew every dirty, ugly thing that I had done and was still hiding in me and wasn't telling people about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew that and he loved me and he says, it's good enough, you know, and he was good enough for me. And so that's when I began to get a reality of how gracious God really was. And what, what began to happen was my heart began to be filled. I began to feel a rest, a, a rest in my soul, a peace in my soul because I didn't have to do anything. God would love me no matter what. And that's a truth that was so, would have been so hard. It was so hard. I wouldn't, didn't receive that for years before that. Mm -hmm. I would say God loves us, but, mm -hmm. and, and, from, and with this revelation, it was no but. He just loved me, mm -hmm. period, limitlessly. Yes, yeah, so often we see, we hear the love of God and see it as such a small thing. And you don't realize until I think the experience of it that how imperative it is that we have that. It's the one thing that we're all really looking for and wanting. And we do so many things and search so many places to try to get it. Some of us know that's we're, that we're looking for that. Some of us, most, a lot of us don't even know that's what it is. We know we're looking for something. Yeah. We just, we just want to get better. We just want to get more. We just want, it's, it's more, it's better, it's more, it's whatever, you know, because we're, we're trying to feed this soul that can't be, fit, can't be satisfied. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I tasted what satisfaction felt like. And that's why I wrote the book Fullness, because it's based around the scripture in Jeremiah 31, 14, that, where he promised, my people will be satisfied by my goodness. Not complacent, but they would be full. They would be filled by my, by my goodness. And what, what that fullness addresses is the neediness of humanity yeah. where you you need uh, an addiction or you need a certain person or you need your situation to be this way and you're trying to fill that need with so many other things we were created to be loved and most of us go around not feeling that and a lot of times we're trying to get it from another human being, which then disappoints us because that love didn't because last. Because it's not or, a perfect love. Yeah, and it doesn't fill us the way God's yeah, love yeah, filled us. Yeah, ultimately up. we do something that causes that love to pull out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's usually not a perfect love, but God's love is perfect. And that's how it ultimately and eternally fills your soul to where you have peace, love, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. It's what we were created for. We, were, we weren't created to struggle in this thing alone. We were created to be loved. We missed it in the Garden of Eden by choosing, instead of choosing love, which is the tree of life, we chose knowledge of good and evil, that we're just going to try to be good. Mm -hmm. And we're going to 
you know, judge who's good and who's not good based upon what they do. And somehow by pursuing good, we're going to get a reward for that. Yeah. Or if, if we can attain goodness. Yeah, which we, which really we, we all have fallen can, short yeah. of. And so, but you talk about when you laid on the floor that like it wasn't like this immediate like rainbow and and unicorns, but the trajectory of your life mm -hmm. changed. the 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 direction your life the was direction. going went started going a different direction. I started growing. And how in did the revelation. that impact your church, your your ministry life? Like how did that? Oh, my ministry started changing, and I started there again. It was. It, like everything else, it's always a growing thing, like you say. Most people are looking for that big bang. And I was too. I, I was praying and fasting for the big bang. Like, God, do something. I, 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 you know, get me there. I want to be in that place, whatever that is, uh, of blessing or favor or <laughs> anointing or something more. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out all I needed was a revelation. All I needed was to know. Mm -hmm. And that was just the beginning. So... So I'm still going on and I still got all kinds of ideas in my head and things. But I noticed as time went on, I couldn't get away from the all-fulfilling grace of God. And I just started talking more about it when I would speak. And more and more, I'm thinking more about it in my alone time. It's just coming up and going through my mind. And, 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 and it just pretty soon, it fills up everything in you where it's the most where it, it's, it's so good and so beautiful and you become so convinced of it and pretty soon you're able to convey it with more, you know, better with your words and that became what my ministry uh, was about. It's almost like I looked around and I'm like, hey, my ministry has changed. I'm talking about this all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it came about like, like that. But the turning point was, was then when God, God was able to break through all of my efforts, really when I laid down my efforts, mm -hmm. uh, it was such a blessing that I got worn out. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have gotten worn out a lot sooner. <laughs> a lot sooner. I would have enjoyed this a lot longer. But, but um, that's where it's at. Yeah. And, and like I said, if you, everybody that I know that's in love, that's really in love with God, not just devoted to God. I was very devoted, probably devoted more than most people yeah. by far. Um, I had devotion towards God. I feared God. I respected God, but I wasn't in love. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't in love like I'm in love with you, where it's romantic and mm -hmm. it's it's you know almost it's 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 emotional. It's feeling. You can feel it, and you're it. You, like when I think of you, I smile. Mm -hmm. When I think of God, I smile. Yeah. You know, and and I just think these beautiful, lovely thoughts, and I'm so glad that He's here, and you know, all of that. It's, it's, I, I don't have to try to love him. Before, I was very devoted, and I was trying to love him more. Mm -hmm. Wanted to love him more. Prayed that he would help me love him more. I did that a lot. I never pray that he'll help me love him more now. I just love him. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way, you know, the Bible says that's how it works. Here is love. Not that we lo loved him first, but he loved us first. He loved us while we were yet sinners. And so the first love that Revelation 3 wants us to return to is not us loving God. Mm -hmm. That's the second love, us loving God. That's the response to the first love. The first love is that he loved us. Mm -hmm. and, when we, and when we return to our first love, we're returning to the amazing grace mm -hmm. that sets us free. God loves us. Well, what about us loving God? That will happen. 
Yeah, that will a, happen a if you natural, know. Uh, if you know this person of God, we call God, loves you, mm-hmm. you will fall in love. Now, before you end, because I know we're coming to the end of our time, but I wanted you to at least mention um, the death of your first wife because you had this revelation. Your Everything was kind of changing for you. And then Teresa almost, um, you know, it was kind of sudden, gets a diagnosis mm. of cancer. Yeah. And, um, you know, she has an operation, there's some healing, and, and you think you're going to make it, and then it recurs. And I think within three years, she, yeah. she passed. And I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't mean that we don't, we don't have hard times sometimes or challenges. Or Jesus said there are tribulations in this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome that. And, and I, I want to see how that impacted yeah. your relationship. Even yeah. though it was very loving, here's something you never expected. It's very uh, traumatic. Mm-hmm. And how did that impact you? This your is why relationship? everybody needs to know God. Mm-hmm. And you can't know him unless you know that he's absolutely good, loving, and gracious. No buts. That he's that way unlimited. If you can begin to see that, you're on your way to knowing God. And so, thankfully, I knew that. And I was in love with God. But that happened. And Teresa got a diagnosis uh, one day. Uh, and it was just uh, right, uh, right, after, or right around her 50th birthday. And uh, she gets a diagnosis. It's stage four. It's, the tumors have already grown all inside her body. Wow. And uh, so she, she fought that, you know, for um, a, a couple of years, went into remission, and we think everything's going to be okay now. Um, but uh, the manifestation of those of, of tumors started returning, and it got the best of her. And after a three-year fight, um, my wife died. And here I am, word of faith. I have prayed for people that had cancer and they got healed. I prayed for people that were blind and they can see. Um, Prayed for my wife, of course. Prayed for my wife, and 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 really thought we thought she would get better, but she didn't. So there, here's there. Now she's dead, and I'm sitting in the house all alone. What happened, God? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're confused. You're hurting. You're you're lost in some ways. You you're confused. Um, besides just the normal feeling of losing and being in the shock of that and. Where do I go from here? And who am I now without this person in my life? You're dealing with all of that, but you also have this element of faith and God, where were you in all this and why and all this? So all of those are normal, natural things. And a lot of people just are like, well, well, well what the hell, Lord? You know, what's, what went on? I never really asked that. Um, my relationship with God allowed me to be in a place where I did not understand all this. I was hurt. I was, I was shocked. I was confused and all that. But I knew him. And what I knew about him, how, the way I knew him was that he was good. Why this happened at that time, I, I did not know. I wasn't sure. That wasn't the relevant thing right now. To get through this, I needed his goodness. I needed his grace. I needed his comfort. I needed his counsel. So you didn't hold him responsible for her death? No. Honestly... I, I really, I didn't have time for that because I was hurting. I was grieving. And you needed him. I needed to get through this. Yeah. And, and I knew him. And the only way for me to get through this well 
was with him. And so some of those questions could wait because <laughs> I needed his goodness. And the best way I can describe it was in the, while there was pain, while there was confusion, grief, all these things going on, in the midst of that, he was being good to my heart. And, and I knew that I had hope. In my mind, I'm like, do I even have a ministry now? If I do, what can I even preach? Because I preached faith and healing along with, you know, the, the, the goodness of God. Didn't know, would I even have the ministry? Would I, should I, what should I do in life? Who am I? <laughs> so I didn't know what my future would hold. But in his goodness, being good to me, also counseling me. He told me many things, such as, you know, a lot of people will extend their grief by by continuing to dwell on what they lost, cause, mm -hmm. and that will hurt. He says, but I counsel you to, to, to dwell on what you've had on, and be thankful for that. And so I did, and it, it brought joy to my heart. It brought thanksgiving to my heart. It brought, it brought perspective. Like you were thankful that was, you had those I was thankful. 30 I, some yeah, years. 33 years. With this woman, she had your children. Yeah. You, Beautiful, wonderful blessings yeah. for the, all those those years, and and I realized he didn't have to do that. Yeah. Some people never get a good marriage yeah. in life, and I had a beautiful thing. Yeah. I didn't like losing it; it hurt, but I was thankful for what I had. So that helped, and it, and it put things in perspective. And I didn't know what my future would hold, but I knew that God was good, and I knew, just because I knew Him, that whatever it is, that I could trust it. And God could do. I didn't know what God could do to ever make me as happy as I once was. Because how can you be happy without this person right. that, that you were so happy with? And I didn't know what God could ever do that could ever make up <laughs> for, for the pain of what I had lost. But I just knew that he was good. And I knew that he could do more than I could ask or think. Mm -hmm. I could not imagine what God could do. But whatever it was, he could do more. Mm -hmm. And I trusted that. And I knew that. And so it was, wasn't, wasn't very long before um, you and I met. Mm -hmm. And I found out after that that you were part of that, that goodness. Among other things, God has been good and blessed me in so many other ways, uh, external things in my life. I think one thing, too, you've mentioned to me is that um, in losing Teresa, you gained a very big appreciation for life for yes um for every single day that it's a blessing and a gift before before teresa died she would she would say that a lot she would say everything's a gift see she knew it yeah and she would say every day's a gift it was life every day was precious to her that she was alive and 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 i got a hold of that and especially after she died i got it, i got even more because i realized Life is very tenuous. I never, ever, I thought we would grow very old together. Yeah. It just didn't happen. And, but I could still go on. And, and I decided then, I thought, okay, life is very tenuous. You really don't know. You, you might think you do, but you really don't know if you'll be here next week. So every day I live, I said, and I committed it to God himself. And I said, I'm going to be happy. If I'm going to stay, if I have to stay on this earth, 
know, without my wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to stress or worry about anything, and I'm not going to spend a minute being angry at anybody. It's so good. Because I can't waste another day being here on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty much held to that. Yeah, I've, I've lived with you through it in the sense of I've seen opportunities for you to mm-hmm. be angry or, um, you know, uh, be stressed out. And, and I see you not take them. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just refuse to do that. And I have God with me. So when the stresses of life come, which they do sometimes, um, I have him who got me through that, who comforted and counseled me through that to do the same thing today. And he has been faithful to help me uh, to have every single day be a good, happy day. Because I also realize this, God is good. And really, he wants all of our days to be happy. Oh, we're going to have challenges. Part of life is having, having, having challenges to deal with. But perspective allows you to have joy and understand, I'm dealing with a temporary challenge. And that makes you bigger than the challenge. You're going to live forever. But in this particular earth life, this experience here, it's limited. Mm-hmm. It's limited. And so every day is going to be happy. That's good. And you are part of that happiness. You are part of that more than I could ask or think. I couldn't have made you up in my mind. I couldn't have asked God for a woman like this because I wouldn't know how good God could do. But uh, aren't you glad he's put us together? I am very thankful. And we've both been through a lot. Mm-hmm. But we've got the best versions of each other mm-hmm. <laughs> that we could possibly have, yeah. have had when we met, right? Yes. Because. God's been faithful to us. And to those of you that are listening, um, God is good and he's faithful. Even in the worst of times that this world can bring, God is good to you in the midst of it. He loves you. He cares. And he's merciful. And he's so full of amazing grace. Amen. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Hey, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. And if these conversations have encouraged you, head on over to our website at rickmanis.com. There's all kinds of resources there, so check it out. Have a great day.